Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So every single one of you that's a Christian, you're one day going to be in heaven. And you're going to give an account. It's kind of that evaluation time. How was I doing all of that? Now, when you think of that, that's a great thing. As we generally invest our lives and we do it with excellence, here's what happens. Think what God gives us back. Number one, we're promised that God meets our needs. So you'll see today, if we're generous with God in all of those areas, those five areas, God will be generous back to me. So God's good to us. The Bible tells us that as Christ followers, we have obligations and responsibilities toward God. Firstly, we have to understand that we don't own anything. We are stewards of our lives as well as the stuff we have. We're told that we will have to account for what we've done with the gifts we've been given. Pastor Mark will educate us on what the gifts we have are and what they can be used to benefit the kingdom of God for. He will also teach us about the concept of giving from God's perspective, how it differs from man's view, and the promises God makes to the generous. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 8 with his continuing series called Free to Live as God Intended. When you saw this go down your aisle today, I don't want you to tell me, but what went through your mind? Somebody says, as soon as I get that sucker pen, thank you very much. Because <laughs> that's an offering bag. But we're going to have a lot of fun this morning. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Come on, let's say we're going to have fun. Come on, let's say we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. All right. You'll see that when I get to it. All right. Today, we're going to answer some interesting questions. Why give? Now, we're not just talking about money. We'll get there in a moment. Why give? What do we give? How do we give? How much do we give? What are the benefits of giving? And where in the world do we start? What does that look like? I want you to give you these three keys, and I have a fourth one. This is from the Bible. God owns everything. In the beginning was Mark Balmer. (laughs) Afraid not. Don't laugh at me. You weren't there either. Everything that we have on this earth, including humans, started with God. He owns everything. Now that word everything, I'll be talking about the whole day. That means my life, my money, my possessions, the talents, the abilities God's given every one of you. Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 give a list of gifts that God gives. Every one of you has at least one of those. And then, of course, 
the most valuable thing I have other than God and people is my time, how I spend my time. So God owns. Now he wants us to enjoy the things he's given us. And again, he wants people to know that serving him is a great thing. And that's why he's a giver, not a taker. Number two, we are not owners, but managers of God's resources. So everything I just listed, I don't own that. God owns it. And he's given it to me to use. You'll see in a moment. And because of that, I get the privilege of managing all of those things, that everything, those five areas. And with that comes something very interesting. Number three, you and I as Christ followers, Christians, are going to be held accountable, here's the key, for how we manage God's resources. How did I use my time? What did I do with my gift? Did I serve people or did I just serve myself? Am I a giver or am I a taker? What's my personality in that? And how did I invest my life and my money, my talents, my time? Did I invest it wisely? That judgment, that evaluation is not about salvation. Because when you became a Christian, and some of you will become a Christian today, it was a gift from God. All you have to do is ask God to forgive you, and you begin to start a brand new life. That's a gift. That kind of evaluation that's going to take place in heaven is not about our salvation. It's how I invested all those things God gave me. Now, we learn from Paul when he wrote to Timothy. Timothy was a pastor of a church, and he told us, here's what you have to be investing. Here's how it looks. 1 Timothy 6.18, command them, notice this is from God, this is not a suggestion, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be, say it with me, generous, you're going to hear that all day long, to be generous and willing to share. That's kind of what the investment looks like. I'm going to do good to people. It's not about me, others. I'm going to be rich in good deeds. I'm going to have good work, good things that I'm going to be doing uh, spiritually, physically, emotionally. I'm going to be generous with my life, which then obviously means my time. That means I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve somewhere in the church. I'm going to serve the neighborhood. I'm going to do all those things. And of course, I'm willing to share with other people, willing to share the gospel, watching my neighborhood change, the workplace change, all of those things. Now, why did God give this command? Because God designed the work that I just mentioned to you. He designed the work on earth to be accomplished by you, Christ followers. Now, realistically, God could have sent angels to do all of that. To be very honest, they would do way better than us. Because angels don't disobey. They obey God. How many here 100% of the time obey God? Don't even try to raise your hand. Sometimes we don't. We, we get lazy. We don't serve. We make excuses. We all kind of, Sometimes I'm a taker instead of a giver. But God shows, no, I'm not using angels. I'm using you. So every single one of you that's a Christian, you're one day going to be in heaven And you're going to give an account. It's kind of that evaluation time. How was I doing all of that? Now, when you think of that, that's a great thing. As we generally invest our lives and we do it with excellence, here's what happens. Think what God gives us back. Number one, we're promised that God meets our needs. 
So you'll see today, if we're generous with God in all of those areas, those five areas, God will be generous back to me. So God's good to us. But God will give to us. You'll see this today. There's this thing called the prosperity doctor. It's about you getting rich. You're never going to be sick. And if you are, no faith. It's all false. But God says this, that I'm going to bless you so you can bless. Good. You got it. You got it. Others. It's not just about me. Remember the rich man? I'll build more barns and barns and barns and barns. And God said to him, "Uh, fool, today your life will be taken and all of this is gone. So God's going to bless you. He's going to bless me to bless others. He's going to help me expand the kingdom of God. You say, well, what is the kingdom of God? A kingdom is where a person rules. God rules the kingdom of heaven. And what is he after? He wants to make sure heaven is filled and hell is emptied as much as possible. Do you make sense? We don't want people going to hell. Every person without Christ, that's where they're destined to go. There's only two locations. So this expanding the kingdom is there. Now, the other thing that God does when we invest wisely, he gives us life to enjoy right now. We're going to have a great time in church today. That's an oxymoron for most people. You know, big shrimp, whatever. That's an oxymoron. They think that's impossible. No, we're going to have a lot of fun today. But I'm going to tell you something. I want you to be teachable. Because for some of you, it's going to be difficult. You've never heard this teaching before. Others of you know it, but sometimes we don't get it. So I ask you to be teachable as we go through. Now, I have to have a book here. If I just let go of this book, what will happen? All right, let me hear a little louder. What will happen? It'll fall. How do you know that? It's a law of it's a law of gravity. Well, let's see if that works. Wow. Let's make sure that works. Okay, I'm in, I'm into this. Two out of three. Come on, let's go together. Wow. How many times will that work? Why? Because there's a law. Who made the law? I was waiting for somebody to say, Einstein. I know he did it. (laughs) Who made the law? He has a lot of laws. Aren't you glad that the moon is up there? Yeah, he put it there. And he put it at the right time so it's not too close to the earth. Same with the sun. Otherwise, we'd all be toast. He has all kinds of laws. So understand, everybody... In this house, in this place, everybody understands what happened right there. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. There's nobody in this room that went, oh, that book's just going to stay in your hand. No, we got it. We understood it. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this, Paul writes, whoever sows sparingly, will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, Paul is using an agricultural illustration to talk about giving those five areas of our life. Money, my life, possessions, talents, and All of those giftings and things that we have. He's talking about those. So here's what I want you to write. In fact, if you have your Bible, just write it in the Bible. 
2 Corinthians 9, 6 is known as God's law of giving. You can also call it God's law of harvest. See, the people in those days, even more than today, they were into agriculture. So it's just simple to see what happens there. So notice what we read. Whoever sows sparingly, that's what you're going to get. Whoever sows generously, that's what you're going to get. Now I have here on stage a bag of corn seed. 50 pounds of corn. Now, let's say you have an acre behind your house. And you say to your spouse, honey, we're going to have a party in about three months. 60 to 90 days it takes for corn to grow in the right season. Uh, and I got this 50 pound bag. So we're going we're gonna to plant some corn in the backyard. Okay, that's one option. And another person comes out, same guy, he says, you know what? It's too much work. I can't even lift that sucker. So he says to his wife, we're still going to invite the people over. I planted this many seeds. In 90 days, when he has his 20 couples over, how many cobs of corn is he going to have? Maybe three. Let's break three into 26 parts. Did you enjoy the corn of the cup? Yes. <laughs> but what if I plant the 50? What do I get? Would I get enough for all of us right here? Yeah, exactly. We just have a corn party. Here we go. Now, ask yourself a question. Do you understand what I just did? Do you understand the law? If I plant a few seeds of corn... What am I going to get? A very small crop. If I plant a generous amount of corn, hello, what am I going to get? A huge crop. Everybody understands this agricultural law, the law of the harvest. Everybody understands it. Would you raise your hand if you understand what I just taught? Everybody. Now, if somebody didn't raise their hand, wake them up. Let's ask them again. Seriously. Every, how many of you understand this law? If I plant this bag, woo! If I plant three seeds, uh-oh, problem. Now you understand the agricultural law. But the minute I move that to the spiritual, most people don't get it. They don't understand that at all. It makes no, I'm supposed to give generously of my money Well, what am I going to get from it? I just told you the answer. If you're generous with God, he'll be, come on, generous with me. Well, Pastor Mark, I understand the corn illustration, but I can tell you it's true today. Most Christ followers don't believe what I just said. And they don't practice it. They absolutely. Okay, Pastor Mike, if you're talking about money and me serving and my time, that doesn't work for me. It works every single time because it's the law of God. Well, I don't believe it. That's your problem. 
That's your problem. See, and the minute you begin to mention serving and money, all of a sudden it goes out the wall. Now, who causes that? Satan. Watch this. This law of generosity is all through the Bible. It's not just in the New Testament. It's because God's nature is to be generous. Look at Proverbs eleven twenty four. You see there. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Here's another one. The generous will prosper. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So I want you to look at me. Why do most Christ followers not practice God's law of giving? Well, because they don't believe it. Well, why don't they believe it? How could you not believe it? It's in the Bible. It's the principle. You see it repeated again. In the, how could you not believe it? Well, here's why. The get and debt monster is out there. I, I want to get. I want to get more and more. If I get more, I, I, can't, get, I can't be blessed because I, I have to get more, not give more. No, you're wrong. If I'm generous with God... He's generous more with me. And so we understand that. It's the love of money. It's the old selfishness that's in me. It's my money. Why would I want to be generous with God? No, it's not your money. It's not your talent. It's not your time. Now, here's something very interesting. Most people, maybe even 50% in our churches, don't trust God. And they do not believe his word. That's why You don't practice it because you don't trust God. Even though I just gave you the law, you do not trust God and you don't believe it. I will not practice it. Well, let me ask you a question. Let's see if you know this. If I sin as a Christian, does God have a law of forgiveness? What kind of verse would come to your mind? First John 1, 9. What does it say? If I sin... Here's first John 1 9. If I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to tell, finish it to forgive me of my sins. Now, isn't that interesting? As a Christian, I trust that one. But don't talk about me serving and giving money, Pastor Mark, because I don't believe that. No, that's 100% wrong. How could we believe the forgiveness, but not the giving part? That's because we simply do not trust God. And who is the one that suffers? You. Because God wants to be generous to you in all of those areas. But you refuse to simply trust God. There's no other reason. Our selfish nature steps up. Satan steps up. And we simply don't do it. Now, look at verse 7. Each man, each woman, should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That word cheerful means hilarious. Can you imagine if someday we just pass that off and people laughing like crazy? We just love to give to God because if I love to give to God, guess what's going to happen? It's going to come back to me, even more so. Now, when you think about that, let's break that verse. You have the verse right in front of you. How does this start? Each man, each woman should give. 
So what does that mean? Every Christian should give. Give of your time, your talents, your money, your possessions. Give of yourself. Every person's, no exceptions. You go down the road. Well, I don't give. Well, no, you were commanded to give. Well, I don't give. No, no, no. You're commanded to give of your life. Every one of us. We're to be givers, not just takers. Now, next, everyone is to give the amount they decide in their where? In their heart. So it's a heart issue. Now, why is it a heart issue? Because the law of giving is, if I'm generous with God, I know in my heart, he's going to be generous back to me. So that's why I have to decide. Now, think about that. Where, notice what it says. Don't give reluctantly or give under compulsion. We are never to give to God because you feel like you have to. If you leave here this morning and you go, man, Pastor Mark got me right between the eyes. <laughs> Some of you aren't laughing, but I did get you right between the eyes. All right, Pastor Mark, next week I'll start giving. Because you said so. No, I didn't say so. God said so. And if you give that way, let me tell you this. Second, you should never give because someone pressures you to give. In the old days, sometimes in the church, we did it wrong. These are, I haven't seen this in years and years and years, but some churches still do it. They'll have a thermometer. Okay, nothing wrong with that. I'm not talking about it. But what it does is it kind of, you come in, there's a thermometer read. Man, when's it going to go up to here? When's it going to go up to here? And then I've been in churches way, way back. Never, not my dad's church, but other churches. I've been there. Now, anybody like to give $1,000? You just stand. And that person stands. Everybody goes, wow. Look at that person. No, that's not right. Giving is in secret. It isn't open. And I'll guarantee you this thing. Maybe you're new today. I've been doing this for 25 years as a pastor of this church. You will never hear me ever try to force you to give. If I try to force you and coerce you to give, all kinds of false kind of things up here, you know, really hurting. Let me tell you, if you can't give joyfully, here's what I'm going to tell you this morning. Some of you are going to love to hear this. If you can't give joyfully, don't ever give. Don't give to this church. By the way, God doesn't need your money. Hello, he has it all. Don't ever, I'm serious, in the bottom of my heart, if you give because you have to or you feel your pressure to, never give. Never give. You'll never hear me coerce you. Because it has to be from the heart. And we're just told, don't do it that way. That's why I obey it. You'll never hear me pressure you, ever. Ever. Well, Pastor Mark, how often do you teach on giving? Well, pretty much every week. You know that's not true. Come on, why aren't you laughing? Is this like the only sermon I have? Of course not. Pastor Mark, are you real serious? I'm very serious. Because if you give with the wrong motive, you'll get nothing back. He wants a cheerful giver. Now, why should I be a cheerful giver? Because absolutely everything I have is God's. So we found out that God owns everything. We understand that in theory, but it's quite different to meditate on and have fleshed out. Pastor Mark told us about our responsibility as Christ followers to be giving with the same attitude that God has had toward us. It's difficult. Many times those we must be generous toward will not appreciate it, but we must obey God. We 
We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Well, next time, Pastor Mark will continue in this series, Free to Live as God Intended. He will speak more about God's law of giving, His lavish giving to us, and our need to be generous with everything we have. We'll learn more about the fact of God's ownership of the Christ follower and the relationship between our giving and our spiritual service to God. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Free to Live as God Intended. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.